Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of the Penultimate Game Show. Today's topic is the Game Award predictions, of course. Next week is Game Awards, I believe it's... Is it next week? Yeah, next week Thursday, right? Yeah, Okay. December... December 8th. 9th. December 9th. Oh, it was so close. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into our discussion, we got a little housekeeping. If you're watching on YouTube, consider dropping a like and a sub... And don't forget to hit the notifications uh, every time. Don't forget to hit the bell to get notifications for all of our shows, like the Marvel Mondays Initiative, which happened yesterday, and we talked all about Hawkeye Episode 1 and 2. So go check that one out. The Cross Media Show, which is happening on Thursday, uh, Ryan's hosting, uh, and they're talk- Ryan's getting a couple of guests. I'm sorry. Ryan's getting a couple of guests to talk about uh, that League of Levy wow i can't talk today that league of legends show arcane which should be pretty interesting i heard good things about it although i'm not a league of legends guy so i don't know if i'm gonna be digging this show doesn't doesn't matter i learned more from the show about league of legends than the like four years i played league of legends so it's probably better if you go in not knowing anything okay all right cool and of course uh anime nation if you're watching on Twitch, you have Amazon, ooh, and have Amazon Prime. You have uh, Prime Gaming, which means you have one free sub to give out. And we'd love it if you give it to us. But, you know, if not, that's quite all right. For those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Ruben Guerrero, the director of this channel. And as always, I am joined by the anime slash manga expert and my co-host, Ryan Smith. Ryan, how's it going today, buddy? Doing good, excited to talk games. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> um, today's guest, of course, is a man that we know very fondly. The man who knows everything about JRPGs and fighting games, John Rivera. John, how are we doing today? I'm doing very well. Um, I, I also just finished Arcane today. That's been very excited. I, I only meant to watch a couple episodes and I'm watching the whole thing um, as a fighting game guy or the other one, because Ryan's also into fighting games. I The new character in Guilty Gear dropped today and I still haven't had a chance to check him out. So I'm excited to do that. Cool. So. I kind of already did housekeeping. Uh, yeah, I kind of already did that. That's fine. Um, I will be doing some more Pokemon opening opening Pokemon packs uh, this week. Today I'm a little tired, so I'm going to skip out today, and I'll probably do some tomorrow for tomorrow's stream. Um, gentlemen, what have we been playing recently? Ryan, let's start off with you. Ooh, what have I been playing recently? Nothing but that Halo Infinite multiplayer. Yeah. That's all I do. How good is it? Ah, it is. It's it's fucking fantastic. I can't wait for the 8 when that game drops. Me either. Me either. John, what about you? I've also been playing a lot of that Halo Infinite. Um, I've never really been much of a halo guy partially because i've never had a microsoft console so i'm playing on pc this is the first time i've had a thing i could play it on at release date um my brother has gotten really into it so we play we've been playing a ton of that together i know i've seen a lot of things about people being a little annoyed with the battle pass 
I don't know how battle passes work. I bought it, but I just turned my guy blue, and that was it. Now I'm just like, haha, uh, Needler goes brrr. That's basically all I've been doing. Um, but I've also been playing through Resident Evil 4, um, kind of just chipping a little bit at that game. People say that game isn't scary. I've been scared by it. I can only play it like an hour at a time. I don't know what people are talking about it. Um, but so mostly Halo and Resident Evil 4 these days. Okay, cool. I have been playing a lot of Halo Infinite. I think I, I booted it up as soon as I get home, like pretty much every day uh, for the past week. This has been out, if I remember correctly. Two weeks. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. There you go. There you go. Like, time is just a flat circle. Nobody knows what, what yeah. day it is, you know? And I've also been playing some uh, Pokemon. Shiny Pearl. Shining Pearl? Shiny oh, Pearl. yeah. I guess that does count. I beat that in a day. Good game. You oh, dang. beat that in a day? I So I have a tradition where I beat every single Pokemon game when it comes out on the release date in 24 hours. That's insanity. It takes about 19 hours flat. That's insanity. I, that game took me like 60 hours to beat because I like leveled up an entire team 10 levels past Cynthia's highest level Pokemon. So... Like, I think five hours of that thing was just me grinding up before the Elite Four so I could breeze through Cynthia without having to deal with her too oh, badly. I use, like, a team builder and everything. I have my route plan. Oh, okay. On. That okay. explains I just some things. grind through it so then after that I can do, like, a Nuzlocke or something. Okay. I see. All right. Well, Ryan, I have, I'll have you know that I just beat the second gym. I think nice, nice. What I do, do you the... think of it? So originally, I when we first got this uh, trailer for this game, you I hated it. I hated it with a passion. I hate. I know you did. Everything. We don't need this art style. It's annoying as hell, and it's kind of like inconsistent because when you go into a battle, it's just the regular art style. So, so what's the point of this? Why have two different art styles? They've been doing that for years. I don't know if that's true. I think that's it's oh, the different. whole DS era. Don't you remember that? I think it's different though. In with no, it isn't. Eh, hear me There's out. There's no this. difference between the. It, it feels different co coming from what's it called, uh, Sword and Shield, where yes. there was a uni unified art style. Yeah. Um, but it did like look like this, but a little more crunchier on the original Diamond and Pearl. Right, but that's um, it, again. I would have to say it's different, just uh, due to the fact of the the you know previous. Yeah, normally these game. remakes are like, hey, you know that gen that just came out that everyone's excited about. We're doing a game you played ten years ago, but with that kind of graphical style. Yeah, and this time it's for some reason trying to be like, what if Diamond and Pearl looked exactly the same but was made today, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, partially because. Nobody loves Diamond and Pearl visually when they when it came out. It was like mad. we were like, that's kind of cool that they're like doing it a little more 3D. But I don't think anyone has ever said that Diamond and Pearl were visually their favorite Pokemon games. I can't say that. This generation, uh, if I remember this generation, I got so excited because it was. I think this was the first 3D. Uh, no, first, first DS. DS game. Yeah, and I got so hyped for it. And it was such a letdown. I hated every minute of this game. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm enjoying it for the most part. Again, I hate that experience share is just for everybody. Like, come on, don't. I understand that this is a game for children, but you know, uh, I'm a child at heart. Okay, <laughs> I'm a child at heart, and I don't need this shit. Just, just, just optional. That's it. That's all you got to do. Just put it as an option. Mm-hmm. That'd be fine. Uh, but yeah, it, it's all right. I, I, eh, I'm more excited for Legends of Ars, uh, Legends Arceus. Well, I think everyone is. I think the whole yeah. point of this game was just to give you a taste of Pokemon for Legends of Arceus. I'd rather you just not. <laughs> but yeah. we, here's the thing, though, is that if I could go out right now and buy a copy of Diamond and Pearl for not $310, yeah. that'd be amazing. That's true. How about 300 the, the, the whole point of this Pokemon remaking thing yeah. they do every couple of years is so that we still have the ability to go and play those games. Because the values for a box copy of them go up yeah. exponentially every mm-hmm. year. We're getting to where, yeah, the Sinnoh games now cost 300 in box. Not, Hulk not Hulk to mention... Over. A remake the... of a remake is freaking near $500 in box. And then on top of that, the, the used market also gets flooded with fake cartridges on top of that. Yeah. Because, yeah, so, like, my, brother, my old roommate... Before I moved here, he bought like a, a couple of Game Boy Advance uh, Pokemon games, and he was showing them to me. And he was like, "Yeah, some of these are re- re- recreations, and sometimes they're like adequate. They'll play on a Game Boy Advance just fine. Sometimes if the person doesn't do it right, or if they use a weird system to get get it, it can damage your Game Boy Advance or whatever you're using to play it on because it might take out too much power than it's supposed to or something." Um, because th- there's that bit of a risk when you're doing it with recreation um, cartridges, so that's yeah. why it's useful for these remakes to happen. I'm I'm still a little I'm not I'm not super fond of this because um, like I got into Pokemon through Fire Red on the Game Boy Advance, and it looks like a Ruby Sapphire game of the first generation of Pokemon. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I want from these remakes is to be like, okay, we're bringing in all the not just the graphical style, but also the more modern balancings, like Fire Red, every character, every Pokemon that had been updated had two types to it. All of the moves were kind of shifted around to what they were now that the new gen was, was out. So I'm a little disappointed by that as well. My biggest guess is they're hedging their bets with Legends of Arceus. So if Legends of Osseus flops for some reason, they had a basic solid mm-hmm. Pokemon game under their belt that was easy to sell. I just wish that it was the art style was in the art style that we got for Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Mm-hmm. Or it's Sword and Shield. Yeah. It's weird. That's all. It feels like for some reason it's made like I don't know who, but specifically for people that have never played Diamond and Pearl, but really want to play Diamond and Pearl for some reason. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people. That game's 10 years old. Yeah, but I don't know how many people want to play it that haven't played it before, because at least uh, from most of the Pokemon fans, I know it's one of the least beloved generations. Like, usually it's Soul Silver or the, the Silver and Gold era, then either one or black and white since black and white is kind of its own thing usually people put gen 4 slightly towards the bottom 
or just above like it's very forgettable for me. yeah I, this this is the point where pokemon started doing the like start getting repetitive like yeah. ruby and sapphire did some interesting things with like the team aspect and the uh separating out moves between physical and special diamond comes out and they're like guess what uh there's only one team now um there's two legendaries still separated between whichever box you get um what you see is what you get uh we've added a couple of new moves uh shifted around some types there's some new pokemon but that was it um and i guess this is a conversation for another time but like do we still need two versions yes 100 percent. do we... i think it's it's weird for remakes I think it's nitpicking to be like, hey, we're bringing back Gen 4 and it's still two different versions. If you're bringing, if for remakes, yeah, I would say if you're going to do remakes, just do Platinum, just do Crystal. Yeah. We don't need. But then you're taking away again from the Pokemon Core experience of trading with your friends the Pokemon. Yeah, but nobody does that anyway anymore. I do that. I I consider myself a Pokemon fan, and I do those things. And I'm in groups of people that do those things. Okay, but the question is, do you do it, like, in person? There's an easier way Uh, to do that. Before, when I was a kid, yeah, but now I do it over the internet. Exactly. the same people. But you, you can don't, still do You that. don't need the, the two totally different versions to do that. I, at and this point, you can literally just make it so that based on what starter you pick, the way Pokemon are generated in the world is randomized. That is an interesting idea that I didn't so, think of. Until yeah, yeah. That. Just you, uh, It just completely shifts the amount of spawn rates, and you don't have to make them zero. You don't have to have exclusives that yeah. only appear when you pick, like, if you get a fire type, then suddenly you don't get any fire types. But maybe no, you get you need fewer exclu- fire types. You need it to be exclusive. I don't think because, so. That, because trading was such a large part of Pokemon. It's if, all yeah, if there's a twelve percent chance that you can get a Gallade on your game and like a seventy percent chance that you can encounter it in a different person's game, you can do that trading. Well when Plus, shiny odds aren't even that bad, it's not that's not gonna be a big deal. Anyone who wants that Pokemon is going to be able to do that very easily. Plus, um, you, you've already got Pokemon concepts like Graveler, where you can't evolve it unless you trade him anyway. You don't need to have an exclusive version when you have trading Usually Pokemon though, concepts like that. all those trade Pokemon are exclusives. They're only in one yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still stupid. I disagree with this one. Okay. I think you guys I, are just messing with I just think... I just... No, 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 no. I think... You don't need exclusive Pokemon to convince people to start trading shit. That's what I think. I think people are gonna tr- are just gonna trade anyway. Like I think there I, are games that don't have exclusive things where people just trade because sometimes they have a better one or it's easier. If no, no, wants- I agree with that. I just think the Pokemon formula doesn't need to be touched, and I've said this for years. I Pokemon is comfort food. You don't mess with your grandma's recipe because it just works. Yeah. And the Pokemon company has figured that out. They can pump these games oh, out yeah. every couple of years with brand new Pokemon. I'll play it for a day, beat it, capture my Pokemon. Then in about a month or two, if I'm bored, I'll begin the shiny hunt. It's just a formula that works. And that's why I think Pokemon is good. I bought Sword and Shield when they first came out. It's it's the Call of Duty of RPGs. And I still it haven't is. touched. I barely call them an RPG. I kind of forget they even lumped into that. But how can you? They go, and you see an XP bar go up. And then the game is like, oh, you're not strong enough to get this move yet. 
That's right. That's fair. That is RPG. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll save that discussion for another time. <laughs> um, let's get into some gaming news. This week, well, actually today, <laughs> Halo Infinite's campaign trailer was released today. And it, it piqued my interest, Ryan. It piqued my interest. All right. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know if they're like, here's. We talked about how Pokemon doesn't need to be changed. Like, uh, the gameplay doesn't need to be changed. But, like, Halo is definitely getting a different type of gameplay. I forget what I'm, how I'm going. It's Warcry esque. Yeah, I don't know if I like mm. that. Don't go Ubisoft on me. Here's, here's what. I, so I was talking about this with a friend, and we came to the conclusion that think of every great Halo mission. You don't remember the 20 minutes of killing grunts. Remember the 30 minutes of that epic major battle piece. Yeah. I think this just cuts away that 20 to 40 minutes of killing grunts before a mission. So if you want that experience, you can just go take one of these command towers and get that. Yeah. And then when you go into story mode, it will be those big epic set piece fights we know from Halo. Okay. I'm hoping it's it's more Halo-esque than Far Cry. I I think the thing is that they're going for not so much the Halo games a lot of people think of, but for a combat evolved feel. Yeah. Uh because Combat Evolved, the original Halo, had a lot more of those open areas where you would take vehicles and kind of drive around yes um but in a modern context that would be more far cry-esque um i don't think it's going to be like a full like open world obnoxious experience i think it's going to be that sort of um tomb raider god of war vibe where like there are just wide open areas but um the storyline is still much more linear um procedurally than say just going around like clearing out bases and in Far Cry or something like that. Right. Uh, what did we think of the trailer, John? I thought it was really cool. I just saw it before we started recording, and I was I was getting into it. I haven't played too much uh, Halo campaigns. I think I played a chunk of three and a lot of Reach because one of my friends had an Xbox in college, and we would play at in his dorm room um play reach when that came out um so i mean i have the master chief collection so i think i'm gonna play through all of the games in there those campaigns before i get into this one but i might check this out okay cool right uh i i thought the trailer was fantastic it gave me that halo feeling of those big one-liners that always stick with you the the epicness that is halo and then the gameplay looks tight i've i felt the gameplay now i felt the abilities he's going to have while playing multiplayer and like i've seen the the 20 minutes of gameplay they put out where the guy's using the grappling hook over and over because it's on fast cooldown and everything yeah if they just let me have fun in this sandbox world this game's gonna be great that's all they need to do is have some big story moments and then allow me to have fun on the halo ring on halo zeta i believe is this ring Yes. So yeah. I uh, personally have forgotten like how many Halos we've been on. <laughs> Six. Six. Okay. Um, I did have one quarrel with this, uh, like Halo in and of itself. 
Um, I hate the fact that all of the AIs look exactly like Cortana. It's very confusing for me, at least. Like they just, were well, well designed after Cortana. But that's the thing. Like, why would you design them after Cortana? Because they're basically her kids. If you want to get into like weird Halo lore. Yeah, but then like at least give them another color. You know, like I, I can't tell who's who anymore. It's weird because I saw a cutscene that kind of implied that there are other models, but there is like a line of Cortanas. Um, sort of like how like there's multiple different types of smartphones, but then there's like the Apple phone. Right. Um, and so she's like, this is like the latest Cortana. Um, and it's also like a generic as opposed to like the Cortana that's been in the series up till now. I also agree that it's kind of weird to be like, yeah, this is not our Cortana, but it's still a Cortana instead of being like, this is Divana or some other new character to change things up. Yeah. But, you know, I'm excited for Halo Infinite when it comes mm -hmm. out next week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, the day before the Game Awards. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. Yep. Oh, man. This is going to be intense. Um, speaking of Halo Infinite, uh, the developers will continue to tweak controversial progression system. This is coming from IGN by Jared Moore. Um, yes, Pretty much everybody has. Uh, Ryan mentioned it before. I think it was Ryan or or John. It might have been me when I was talking about Halo okay. multiplayer. Yeah. Um, we all know that the progression system for the battle pass is kind of like messed up. Although I am on level eight of the battle pass, and I'm pretty proud of that. Very proud. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on like level four or five. I yeah. think I'm twenty something. Jesus. Nice. Jesus Christ. Fucking, fucking it's, it's Mario really is funny. like 28. Um, yeah, but oh, Mario is just okay. All right. It, it's really funny to me because I play games like 90% for the game itself. Yeah. So I think after like an hour of playing, I was looking at customization. And I was like, oh, I can make my guy blue. And I've been satisfied by that. Um, at some point, the game was like, hey, you unlocked a samurai outfit. And I was like, cool, I'll put that on. Other than that, I'm not really paying attention. I'll look at the, like, um, suggested objectives or missions or whatever, and I'll be like, sure, I'd like to try to capture the flag. Okay, I'll, I'll jump on a ghost. I was going to do that anyway. So, so far, it hasn't been too bad. I'm not sure if at some point it's going to be like, get five headshots in a single game, and then I'll get more frustrated, but we'll see. That's, that's not too bad. Yeah, it depends on what. It depends on what you're playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ryan, go for it. I was gonna say, it, yeah, as someone who's been playing a lot, it is a problem. It needs to be fixed. I'm glad there. Something that I'm happy about Halo doing really well with this is addressing the problems of battle pass progression early on. Yep. Fucking Call of Duty didn't fix M. Modern Warfare 2019's progression system for three months. There was no, there was no way to track stats. There was no way to track anything. And he didn't get any challenge completed for three months, and they never mentioned a damn thing. And yeah. those games have like short turnaround times because usually by the time they announce the next Call of Duty, like mm -hmm. no one wants to play the old one, the current one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So to see that devs are putting time in to make sure this game is well handled, that it didn't launch a 
For a multiplayer game to not launch with that many bugs is fucking incredible. I have to Absolutely give the hands to incredible. Also, how I don't I haven't heard a huge thing about um server issues either. There was never like, server issues. Yeah. Even on launch day. I logged in like one or two days later, um, and everything was going fine, but I didn't hear anything about like, oh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer is finally out. But is it? You know what I mean? Like because they nope. shadow dropped it. They were yeah. like, hey, uh, go ahead and play it. The whole thing is, it's the real deal. Oh, it's I beta, but it's the thing. It, and It was one of my favorite we gaming in this year was the Xbox 20th anniversary. And that was a great way to close it. There's a perfect way. But no, there's been no problems. It runs well. The only problem they have is the one they're addressing, which is battle pass progression. Even their ranking system is fantastic. I've been playing a lot of ranked because I'm a competitive kind of guy. Platinum something. Let's go. Nice, nice. Okay. And of course, it wouldn't be a game show if I didn't mention that Call of Duty, mod, uh, I was going to say Modern Warfare, Warzone is getting a new map. And of course, it drops the same. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It will be dropped for people who have uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, early on December 8th, which is Halo Day. Insanity. Ooh. Why would you do this to yourself? The game's slaughtering itself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, and here's the... F I, I have a lot to say on this one. Go for I it. Got, I, I, got, I got beef of Warzone. I've had beef forever. You... I play a lot of Warzone from when it launched through midway through COVID. Because it was a great game to play with people all around this fucking country I couldn't see. But while playing six months worth of Warzone, I learned a lot about it. And that is, that game has never been in a good state in a meta sense. It is extremely fun to go in there and to shoot at people and shoot rocket launchers and drive around. But if you're actually trying to win and use meta guns and meta gear and everything like that, it is one of the worst designed optimized games i've ever played they never they never changed the metas and if they did it broke something else completely they were never able to get this game working and now after months what has it been two, two three years on vidansk yeah. we are getting a new map and from the sounds of it from what they did recently it says the last days of vidansk i think they're nuking vidansk we're not going to see that map again so well, they're mean, going to they still did. have only one map in the, well, fucking kinda. It was you remember then it was just a big ad for Black Ops One. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought we were getting a new map that day. I fucking thought we were going to get a new map. That I was day. hoping. I was really hoping. And this game, that's the thing. Like other BRs realize they need multiplayer. Apex has four fucking maps now, and they're right. all amazing. Verdansk is already a bad map, and now we're going to end very much. What looks like to me from the trailers they've put out, a map akin to a PUBG map from about five, six years ago. Yeah. And those just don't work anymore. You need buildings, you need different terrain, all that. You can't just drop me in a field with a hundred other players and expect it to be a good time. So there's just so many problems that that they don't ever address. Can and it, just can bad. I ask a question? Yeah. Yeah. Um is Fortnite does Fortnite have a strong meta game to it? Because I'm I'm not so much aware of if like Fortnite's competitive. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, there's sword and guns you okay. want to grab and everything. 
Okay, interesting. Fortnite, Fortnite's a great one. If you wanted to keep one map, do Fortnite. Where every couple of months, that map mm -hmm. changes completely. Mm -hmm. Fortnite takes care of its game, it takes care of its mm -hmm. servers, and it takes care of its players. I may not like playing Fortnite, I don't think it's fun to play, but I respect Fortnite for what it does to keep that game healthy. Because what I was going to come at, at this from is, um, and no offense to the like competitive aspect of Fortnite, but the way Fortnite makes its money, the actual main player base of Fortnite is people just kind of jumping in and dicking around with their friends and like either jumping into cars or like bunny hopping and doing, you know, shenanigans because oh, that's 100%. why they keep talking about that metaverse aspect. And I wonder if Call of Duty um, is finding themselves split between the the people that usually play Call of Duty for like the competitive aspect and trying to be Fortnite and just being a place to dick around, but with a Call of Duty skin. So it's hard to balance those aspects. I just don't think that works in a Call of Duty skin. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. like you don't get the fun, bright colors, all that. It's a drab, boring war. So mm -hmm. you're going to get comp with it. Yeah. And like when you think about the way that game got so big, it's through streamers. And what are streamers doing? They're getting very comp at the game. So that whole game is revolved around being comp mm -hmm. without ever being healthy to that meta. Interesting. Yeah, it's sometimes people, they try to jump on, onto the new thing or the thing that's making a lot of money and then they don't realize that their brand isn't really designed for that and they don't work very well to make it fit their brand or make their brand fit that vibe hi how's it going i'm ruben hey hey ruben what are you got something to say here ruben no i was just gonna i'm just i was making a joke yeah. john was describing the specific person and i was like yeah that's me uh, <laughs> I've, I've kept seeing you try and touch your mics i thought you would uh no no it so was you I was worried we missed a big hot topic from you. No, no, no. Oh. It was muted. I, I had to sneeze, but it didn't want to come out. And then I. Just oh, I get you. Out. I get you. Um, of course, you know, Activision Blizzard is still on. It's all of already our a shit show. Lists. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. They just need to rebuild over there. They need to yeah. get rid of the garbage and rebuild. Yeah. Start from the ground up. Burn anyway. it down to rebuild. It's now time for the topic of the show, gentlemen. So, we're not going to do all the categories, like I said before. Uh, really? We're not going to do uh, best esports coach? Because I had a take on that. Definitely I, I did, not. I, I don't, not. Don't you get me started about esports. No. I actually like esports. No. I didn't know that there were popular enough coaches to have a best esports coach. How do you coach a... I don't understand. Isn't that, go ask Eric. He just applied for a job doing that. I think he was just joking. I don't think he was being serious. No, I, he was being serious about I, that. I, I believe. I, I understand how you can coach. Like I've been paying attention to like fighting games, and I used to be in uh, follow league for a bit. Uh, I just didn't know that coaches themselves were famous at this point. That you could be like, here's five of the best coaches. Which one? Because is a lot the of the guys coach? who were the best about five, ten. Because esports, you yeah, that makes out sense. Quick. Yeah. So yeah. they become coaches. Okay. Because you can, you're only good at esports between like eight, 16 to like 24. Then your muscles just can't do it anymore. Dang, it's too late for me. Unfortunately, it's also too late for me. So we're going to start off with most anticipated game. Mm -hmm. Which, there's one answer. The f Well, hold on. Let me give the... I don't know. I feel like there's easily 
Seven. three, depending on which console you own. Well, oh uh, yeah. So it wasn't loading for me. I see it now. The contenders are Elden Ring from from Software, of course. God of War Ragnarok from Sony Santa Monica. Horizon Forbidden West from Guerrilla. Uh, the sequel. To, I hate this. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I mean, we don't have a title yet. They won't give it a name. Just call it Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild Two, or just Breath of the Wild Two. You know. Oh, From... the next really big budget Zelda game made by Nintendo Studios of yeah. Japan. Uh, and of course Starfield from Bethesda. So, what do we think, guys? Who do you think is going to win? I think for the meme alone of it winning almost three years in a row, it's going to be Elden Ring. Wow. For the meme alone. Okay. Actually, looking at this list, I feel like Elden Ring is the one that feels the most substantial at this point. Um, I think God of War Ragnarok and Starfield, we just don't know enough about those games at all. Um, especially Starfield. We got, like, in-engine... An in-engine environment where nobody was moving or doing anything that doesn't excite or that's that's not concrete something to be excited about. Horizon Forbidden West, we have some stuff from it, but it looks just kind of like more Horizon, which is fine. Um, but Elden Ring is taking what everybody loves about Souls games and showing us uh, a future for that type of gameplay and showing it in a new environment. Um, and I think that's something that a lot more people can get excited about, even if you're not like all, all, all of these other things, like you have to be a God of War fan, you have to be a Horizon or a Zelda fan, you have to, for some reason, not think that Bethesda is going to do another Fallout 76. Um, I, I, I think Starfield is the make it or break it moment for Bethesda in that here's the thing. Xbox has been absolutely killing it with their games. 10 out of 10s across the board with Halo and Forza. They are doing immaculate work right now. And they have been for a couple of years with, like, mm -hmm. really putting out tight, polished games. So mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to allow Bethesda, after spending $7 billion sure. on them, to put out trash. Well, I, I mean, think they're going to make it well done. Listen, I have yet to play a Bethesda game that hasn't shitted out on me okay yes but this is when todd was in charge todd howard is one of the worst fucking people in gaming okay, okay. i i think part of it was also the Zenimax studios were just extremely um rigid about budgets because uh in one in one of the interviews todd was saying that every single time they started a new project they would be asking for the budget or deadlines um to make a new engine and uh, Donald Trump's brother would be like, how much money did the last game make? Uh, yeah, you don't need a new engine. Just keep doing what you're doing. We'll set this amount of time, this amount of budget. Don't rebuild the wheel. Just do another Fallout they 4. There's so much of Skyrim that they Skyrim. can use that engine to de for a decade. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, John, I'm sorry. What did you pick? Uh, I picked Elden Ring. Okay. And I'm going to go with uh, God of War Ragnarok. Okay. Give me another fucking 10 out of 10 Sony Santa Monica. All right. So, on to our next category, which is going to be best debut indie. Where is that? Best debut indie. And of course, uh, the okay. contenders are The Artful Escape by. Um, I'm just going to say the names The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City. Careful if you say that. 
three times fast. You know, Christian City, the Forgotten City. No, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. Christian just appears out of nowhere. Oh, okay. That's why. Uh, We have Kana, Bridge of Spirits, Sable, and Valheim. And for me personally, I'm going to go with Kana, Bridge of Spirits. Who here is, have you played? Which ones have you played, Ruben? I'm curious. Kana, Bridge of Spirits. <laughs> <laughs> I've played all of these. Okay. I've played none of these. So we have a good diverse set of opinions here. Uh, I guess I'll go next then. Yes. I I get why people really like the Forgotten City and Kana. But for me, it is going to be the Artful Escape. Wow. Okay. Any reason why? It is just... It's what I look for in an indie game, which is unique, beautiful experiences. And it just did that to perfection. The ideas of becoming the 80s rock star was just fun to do. And it also only takes like four hours to beat, so that's nice. Yeah. Game journalists love that. Okay. They do. John? So this is what we predict will win, not what we think is the best debut indie ourselves. Correct. Right? This is what we predict will win. Um, I think when, when you look at the description that this award goes to the best debut game created by a new independent studio, I think people are going to be... Uh, I think the average game journalist person is going to go, wow, Cana Bridge of Spirits is Ember Lab's first video game? That's really impressive, and they're probably going to vote for that one. So I think Kana Bridge of Spirits probably has it just because overall it's just a very impressive title to be a, a debut game from a studio, even though I guess they have been an animation studio for a lot longer than they've been a video game studio. But right. I think that's just probably the one of these that's generated the most amount of buzz overall. So I don't know. Valheim gonna... was the most played game on Steam for like a month. Yeah, but I think it's Valheim is one of those League of Legends um, Roblox games where a lot of people play it, but games journalists don't know what it is. Okay. All right. So the next category we're going to go to is best multiplayer. And contenders are Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World and Valheim. Ryan, we're going with you next. Well, first. Ooh, okay. Um, again, I've, I've been lucky enough, I've been able to play all of these. Um, I don't see It Takes Two winning the big one. Okay. I just don't. But I do see it winning here. Okay. John, what about you? Um, this is really tough because, like, the catch-all of multiplayer for this genre, uh, this award means we have, like, entirely different concepts all over the place. Like, Back for Blood is, like, a tight co-op multiplayer PvE game. Monster Hunter Rise is a similar type of... Uh, it's also a PvE game, but it's about fighting a single massive boss as a group. New World is an MMO. Valheim is sort of like a Minecraft, but more open knockout city is like a straight up sports online thing and then it takes two is like a co-op thing um i'm gonna go with it takes two because i think it is just 
the most impressive game overall from all of these titles. Um, I could see it going to Knockout City. Um, uh, I think Monster Hunter Rise, it's just, this is not a year for Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter Rise is a good Monster Hunter, but it's not Monster Hunter World. Um, I think New World has been aging poorly since its uh, launch. Um, and then yeah, I, I think the rest of these are, are quality titles in their own rights, but I feel like I've heard... Like, they've all had dwindling um, discussions about them. Aside from It Takes Two, every time I hear someone talk about It Takes Two, they, like, light up and get excited compared to the rest of these games. So that's what I think will win. Okay, cool. Um, next category we're going to talk about is Best Family Game. For the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform, we have here It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and WarioWare get it together. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't played one, two, three, four. I've only played Mario Party Superstars and some of Mario Party 3, uh, sorry, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I own Pokemon Snap. I just haven't gotten around to playing it. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with uh, Mario Party Superstars. Who wants to go next? I can go next. I've uh, played and beaten all these games, and I'd give it to Super Mario World, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. That is one of the best couch co-op games ever made. It is one of the best Mario games ever made. Okay. The controls in it are tight, and in Bowser's Fury Edition felt... Like, they gave you the sandbox elements of Mario Odyssey and let you do it with the tight controls of this game. So, it just felt real nice. Okay. Cool. John? Um, I think I'm kind of leaning towards It Takes Two because the rest of these games have almost nothing... Uh, like unique about them like Mario Party Superstars is a remake of old Mario Party games new Pokemon Snap literally has a new in the title um, WarioWare has some like different stuff to it but it's very much a WarioWare game I think it takes yeah yeah like they, they shifted some things around for it but I feel like it takes to just it feels like something that isn't this is the newest Mario Party this is the newest Pokemon Snap this is the Wii U game that you didn't play because you didn't have a Wii U. Um, and don't get me wrong, I get that it's co-op. I think 90% of people look at Super Mario 3D World and think that is a single-player game for me to play by myself. Um, I disagree with that. I think it is on the sorry. cover. It is known. No, you are correct. I I had a, I was thinking of a different Mario. I I yeah. 3D I was like, World. no, it shows it off pretty well. I was I was thinking of Bowser's Fury by itself. I forgot that 3D World is definitely a co-op game. Um. Mm -hmm. No, that is a good point. Um, in, in that case, I would think of it as just um, it's nobody's favorite Wii U title. So, I'm gonna think about it takes two. What is everyone's favorite Wii U title? Breath of the Wild. Don't fucking do that, dear me. Don't be <laughs> one of those people. It's, you can Google Breath of the Wild. There will be a package with the Wii U on it. 
I know. I, I've, I've seen it. I remember it. I I didn't like <laughs> 3D World when it came out. And I only liked the Switch version because I got to play Bowser's Fury in it. Um, I just I just feel like It Takes Two has something new to bring to the table while 3D World is kind of like a Mario game with four players in it. Which isn't as exciting to me. But I don't know. It well, could go fair. to any one of these. This is kind of a dumb award, but that's what I think. This is the Nintendo Award. It's always been ki- titled the Nintendo Award for as long as the game yes, has been a thing. Yes, but I think, aside from Animal Crossing, a lot of the time, the one non-Nintendo game will win. Yeah. I, would have I don't say... know. It, it, it was Sword and Shield two years before. So... For Best Family Game? <laughs> yeah. I hate the Game Awards. <laughs> God, I love the Game Awards. I do not like this award. <laughs> this is just... This is basically an award for people to be like at the video game store and be like, oh, hey, this one shows that it's for families. I have a family. Yeah. Which is interesting because I wouldn't play It Takes Two with a kid. Yeah, that is also a good point. Well, no, not with a kid. But again, it doesn't say kid friendly game. It just says family, you know, family. Appropriate for family play means when you think of all ages, family play. No, 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 no. That's not true at all. I think, uh, what if you're the youngest of, uh, you know, of three, you know, and you're 18, you're just having shit, fucking fun with your family, you know, your sister mm-hmm. comes over, let's play this game, you know? Yeah, okay. I've, I've heard a couple of people playing this game with, like, a sibling or a, a girlfriend or a friend. I don't know about that. I, I would feel like It Takes Two would have to be, I guess, uh, not with a sibling, if that makes sense, but I don't For know. For some reason, Janet Garcia played it with her brother. I don't, yeah. I don't know what that was about, but she said that's how she played it. I, I, I haven't played the game, so I couldn't tell you. But I've heard. Good I haven't things. either. I've heard good things. It's, um, it's okay. Our next category is going to be best role playing. Uh, I figured I can't have you two on. Oh, oh, I have thoughts about this. Yeah, I, uh, I can't have you yeah, two. Yeah, I got and mine. Not, <laughs> and oh, not talk about this. I'm very bad at. at it should be reading these squares. Oh, uh, it's because they don't do game, so I'm looking for game, and it's just best yeah. role playing. Like yeah. that's a phrase people say. Uh, for the best game, they do not in this context. For the best game designed with rich player uh, character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Of course, you can't have this category without mentioning Cyberpunk 2077. Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, ooh, Sir, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, and Tales of Arise. John, what do you got for me? So first, I want to start with that uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven should not be on this list. I if mean, I it... were to pick the five, if I were to pick the ten best RPGs released, even including including the Game Awards weird window where they're like, oh yeah, the last half of December counts too. I would not have Cyberpunk 2077 on a list of the 10 best JRPGs. They got to. Not even, let alone top five. Um, I think it is also the most mainstream game on this list. But uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is definitely not going to win. It is just way too hardcore of a game. Um, And it does have a lot of annoying quality of life issues that are genuinely annoying, even if you're up for a super hard JRPG. And I think Scarlet Nexus and Tales of Arise, that vote is going to be split between those two fan bases 
Um, they're both Bandai Namco games. Scarlet Nexus is channeling a lot of Tails energy. So I think that it might be Monster Hunter Rise, just because I think that is the best game uh, on this list, aside from maybe Shin Megami Tensei. Um, but I know a lot of people also don't consider it an RPG since it's so action focused, but I, I feel like it should be. This is the one time where I'm going to be like, the one I think should win is the one that should win, and that is Monster Hunter Rise, because I do not respect Cyberpunk 2077 as an RPG. Okay, that's fair. Monster Hunter Rise. Brian, what do you got? Okay. So, I have... I was just counting up. I have probably put about... 300 hours if you combined all these games together. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I waste my life away, Ruben. We know this. And we also know another thing about me. Since day one of being here, I am the biggest cyberpunk apologist in the world. Cyberpunk 2077 is the best RPG of this year. It should be in the game. It should be up for game of the year. I if you had the ability to play it on next-gen consoles and or a 3000 series GPU, which I know is a privilege. It is an amazing RPG. It is well-crafted, an amazing world, amazing music, and an amazing story. See, that's the thing. I I went through it again after a bunch of the patch updates and with an RTX 2060, I didn't have a too bad of a time technically. I just did not enjoy the game's writing or the game's RPG customization or See, mechanics. That part was really well done. For I... a Western RPG. Now, I am giving it slack for being a Western RPG. I will admit that. I guess I... I you know what? I guess among these titles... But then again, I've heard really good things about Scarlet Nexus and Tales stories. Oh, Tales here. Arise is amazing. It is amazing. Um, I think too. Cyberpunk has some genuinely good sci-fi side quests going on in there. I think it's main story is nothing to write home about, but I understand that's kind of the Western RPG thing where you play for the side quests, not so much the main story. Um, but there were just a lot of like really cringe side quests that are like, hey, do you remember, did you watch Ghost in the Shell? This is a Ghost in the Shell reference. Did you play? Did you watch Blade Runner? This is a Blade Runner reference. And I liked all that kind of stuff. I, I'm a reference-heavy guy. I thought that I was like, fun. I like references when they're like, we're using this to be inspired. A lot of these seem like, hey, do you recognize the thing? Doesn't it make you feel good that we like the thing that you like? And I, I don't vibe with that kind of writing. Um, and there was also like a Portal joke that I was like, guys, it's, it's 10 years since Portal jokes were funny. Portal jokes stopped being funny in 2011. When do you think this game was written? <laughs> that's a good. That's, it was announced in 2013, 2012, 2012. So it's probably getting written fucking oh. 2011. <laughs> so I got here uh, just to make sure I got this correct. I got here for best role playing. Ryan says Cyberpunk 2077. John says Monster Hunter Rise. And I'm going to go with Tales of Arise just because I've heard nothing but great stuff. I can oh, see it going to Tales. If you're looking for a solid 9.5 JRPG, Tales of Arise is fucking amazing. The combat system in it is outstanding. The hours fly by in that game. Good. Good. Yeah, my the only reason why I chose Monster Hunter is because I can see 
fans between Tails and Scarlet Nexus getting yeah. kind of split between them. Yeah. I think they're both very good games from what I've heard. Um, I would like it to be one of those two because I'm not a huge Monster Hunter oh. fan. All of Nexus didn't click with me, but every other one of these games up here did really well. I just downloaded Scarlet Nexus right now, so I just personally I think Neo the World's Ends with You should be here instead of Cyberpunk. I'm sorry, John. Um, it is only here because it is a big graphicsy graphics boy game, and everybody got really excited about it before it came out. So, I would put Neo here over Scarlet Nexus. It was better than Scarlet Nexus. Interesting. Very interesting. I've been, I've been, I've just, I've heard more good things about Scarlet Nexus and Neo: The World Ends with You than I've heard about Cyberpunk. I didn't Overall. hear anything good about Neo and World Ends with You. I other than from you about Cyberpunk. <laughs> at uh, Vice Vice dot com has been talking a lot of good things about it, but yeah, that's the only that's the only okay. person I've been seeing. Okay. Uh, here. On to the next category. Uh, best action slash adventure. For the best action slash adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Mm. Our contenders are Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Jesus Christ, I forgot Ratchet and Clank came out this year. Yep. <laughs> and finally, Resident Evil Village. Ryan. Well, since every single one of these is nominated for Game of the Year, I believe. We'll find out. Um, I'm going to put the one that I think is going to get damn close to winning Game of the Year, but is not going to win it. And that's going to be Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Okay. I think it's an amazing game. It was so much fun to play. It ain't Game of the Year, though. Okay. But it's a damn good game. It's... When I think action-adventure, is the perfect type of action-adventure game. The combat is smooth and flows well, and the story is engaging and has you hooked in for that wild ride. I don't know if the combat is smooth. Which game uh, are we talking about? Guardians of the Galaxy. I would say, like, eh, there, there's some few hiccups, but, like, it's okay. It's but it's enough seven. to keep you going for that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it leans harder in the story where, like, Ratchet and Clank, I could not tell you the story of that game. Ratchet and I did Clank? not care about it, but it was really fun to play. What? I did not I'm care sorry. about the story in it. I, I did not play Ratchet and Clank, so I can't. You're crazy. The, the, the separated from the beginning trying to find each other thing I've done a bunch of times. Okay. All right. I'll love that. But playing I, I... through it felt fun as hell. Yeah. Where though, I'd give it to Guardians over it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. John. Um, I don't know how literally they take this, but in the description it says for the best action slash adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Period. Story isn't in there. Correct. This isn't a story game. No. We're not asking what is the best story adventure game. We're talking about the best action adventure game. Um, I think I can see it going to either, for that reason, I don't think I can see it going to Guardians of the Galaxy, and as well as I'm not sure how much traversal and puzzle solving are a big aspect of that game. They're big aspects. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's about using okay. your team to get around the map and stuff to solve puzzles. Okay. 
Um, I, I, I've only seen uh, more of like the, sort of the choices and the combat, not so much the traversal and puzzle solving. Um, I think traversal might also be a problem for Resident Evil Village. I don't think that ga that game is big about traversal as much as going from point to point. Um, I I can see. I feel like from what I've heard about Psychonauts two, if we're going literal with the desc description, I can see that edging out of these because it sounds like it does. Well, no, not so much combat. Never mind. So for me, from what I've heard, I've, the only one of these I've played is Metroid Dread, and I'm trying to to reduce my bias. So I can see this going to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart for that reason, because it sounds like it's the best example of all three of these combined. Oh, oh um, John, let, let your bias show. Uh, be proud of the games you like. <laughs> yeah. Be a Metroid guy. Be a Metroid I guy. I am leaning towards Metroid Dread, because <laughs> when I think of combat traversal and puzzle solving i think of metroid and here's the thing the resident evil 4 then metroid <laughs> metroid metroid normally struggles with combat and traversal and dread has the best combat and traversal of any metroid game like they made that game fun to move around in shine sparking is super cool um the shine spark puzzles that you can do at the very end are epic um uh, I, I want it to be Metroid, but I can't imagine the like overall gaming community getting behind it. So I think I'm going to go with Ratchet and Clank. Mm -hmm. I think that just does all of these things the best of these games. I'm also going to have to go with Ratchet and Clank just because, Jesus Christ, that that game was a perfect puzzle-solving game. Uh, that, per that game was a perfect action-adventure game for me. It was. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, on to the next one, which is weird. I hate that this is also a category. We're going to go to uh, the next category is best action game, which we literally just did. You know, pick That's one. action adventure. It's the same yeah, shit. Yeah, this, this, this one, puzzle solving and traversal, forget that they exist. That's, 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 that's the part. If, like, uh, I think I saw that you can jump in Returnal. That, get it out of here. Uh, you can jump in Deathloop. Get it out of here. The only game that this works in, Chivalry, that's an action <laughs> game. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, for the best game... Was fun, though. <laughs> for the best game in the action genre, focus primarily on combat. We have Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, Returnal. And I'm going to just go ahead here and say I'm going with Deathloop. Oh. Now... I can understand that. I can understand that. This one right here, this vote is to for be me fair, and Christian. I'm sorry. It's, I'm going Returnal. Yeah, again, to be fair, I want to clarify. I haven't played Returnal yet, so I, I, I can see why you would go with that. Returnal is arguably, it got snubbed. I will admit that right now. It deserved its place in the Game of the Year nominees, so it at least deserves best action game. Because I think the game you, one of the games on here will be our game of the year. We'll see. We shall see. So, honestly, I feel like Deathloop is weird to be here because I feel like it's not... Like, it's definitely more action-y than Dishonored, but it's still very much, like, in that vibe of immersive sim um, aspects. And I know it's more action-focused than they tend to be, but I think 
overall, this is probably going to... Deathloop is still going to win because it's just, like, one of the best games of the year. And I think of these titles, it stands out. But I think, when I think of action game, uh, of these three, of these five games, I think of Returnal is the most action-y action game of these games. I think Returnal should be the winner, but I think it's going to be Deathloop. Okay. All right. Uh, next category we're going to go to is best indie for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. We have here 12 minutes. Oh, all of these are good. <laughs> yes, but there's one that's f fantastic. Okay. 12 minutes, Death Store, Inscription, Canterbridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. John, what do you got for me? Um, so I, I, this is once again, I haven't played most of these, any of these games because I've been mostly doing my backlog this year. I'm kind of annoyed because it says a game made outside the traditional publisher system. And I'm pretty sure Microsoft had their fingers on 12 minutes and death door and PlayStation definitely did something with Kane of bridge of spirits, but I'm going to. Well, this is what we got, so this is what we're voting on. I think it's different. I think they had to pitch the ideas to yeah to uh, the, the, those places. Yeah, they were probably they Xbox were probably being developed. Death Door. Hmm? No, no team had anything to do with Death Door. Locked a PC for the first four to five months of it being. It only got to Xbox oh, and PlayStation okay. this week. Yeah. Oh, literally I thought, this week. I saw. I first saw it at a Microsoft and Switch too. And they sure. said the world premiere thing, so I was confused. It was by the that. world premiere of it. It got onto stage, but it wasn't made by them. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's. I always get confused when Microsoft says world premiere. I, no, that means they're premiering it. That just means they're premiering a trailer. Yes, um, but it, I, I understand the confusion, John, because yeah. I'm the same way. Um, I'm gonna go with Death Door. Yeah, I think baby. Death Door is definitely the one that has gotten the most buzz. Like I said earlier, I think. Best debut game is going to go to Canaan Bridge of Spirits, but I think best overall indie is going to go to Death Store. I think it has the most appeal compared to the rest of these games. I've uh, I heard I've heard some people say that like Loop Hero kind of wears out its welcome after a while. Um, Inscription is just kind of that positive of negative where it does something really really well, but it's something that doesn't appeal to a whole lot of people. Um, so there's just going to be a lot of people that are like, I can't vote for it because I didn't play it because it didn't seem like my thing. I think 12 minutes has gotten like a lot of backlash from so some people as well. Um, I think that's a, a divisive game where people either love it a lot or really dislike it. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Death Store. Um, and it's my favorite out of these. Eventually, I'm going to pick it up on Switch. It's so good, John. It's so good. Um... I just have so many games to play. I think you should stop whatever you're playing. I think you could finish this in like a good maybe 24 hours. What? I would say probably, yeah. Um, Death Door? Death Door is like an eight-hour game. Oh. Yeah, well, okay. you know, maybe 24 hours. There's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm, I'm just I'm not like, it's an eight-hour game. I okay. can tell you, you know, I'm not going to take speed. Okay. It. All right, all right, that's fair. That's okay. fair. Um, obviously I'm going to have to go with Death Store on this. Death Store is probably one of my favorite games this year. And I actually played it on PC, which is crazy. You know, nice. first PC game I've ever played. It's insane. 
Absolutely insane. Ryan. So, again, other things I am known for here. I love my roguelikes. So, you think I'd vote for Loop Hero? But no, Death's Door is one of the best games I've played all year. Yeah. That game's fucking incredible. The boss music in that game so good. fucking drip-feed it into me. So good. Let's the go. music in that game is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. My, my favorite thing about video games is when you can play a hero that you wouldn't see in, like, a movie or a cartoon or a TV show. And for that reason, what I love about Death's Door is that you're a crow with, like, a sword doing, like, a Legend of Zelda game. I think that's why it should be the best indie game on this list like you're a crow with a little sword like go do it yeah absolutely um let's do best performance i guess would be next yeah sure let's go with that uh oof. okay i should have checked this before i said it i don't know how to pronounce some of these names you want me to do you want me to take uh take some names here go for it oh. you, you announce Erica Mori as Alex Chen. Life is Strange, True Colors. Oh, God. John Carlos Esposito. I can, John I can Carlos Esposito as Antonia Cast Castrello? Yeah. Right? Anton Castillo. Castillo, thank you. Spanish. Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn. Maggie Robinson as Lady Demisecu. Demitresk. Is it, do you, is it just Demisecrest? Demitresk. Yeah, the ooh is silent because it's French. It's French. French. Yeah, I'm saying Demisec is so much fun. True. I don't know what you're doing in the middle there because it's definitely definitely Demitrescu if you're going to do that. Not well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <Sorry. laughs> Osmia Erega as Julia Blake. Osioma Akaga. Okay. I find it's weird. I can't tell if they're O's or Q's. Yeah. I yeah, guess. I'm like, is that a Q? Is that middle one a Q? Yeah. That first one has to be an O. Uh, I zoomed in. They're all O's. Okay. Ozo Ozioma Akaga. Ozioma Akaga as Juliana Blake. From Deathloop. I... I don't know. I I'm going to go with Jason Kelly as Cole Vaughn. Just because that's the one I remember the most. I didn't play Life is Strange. I didn't play Far Cry. I didn't play Resident Evil Village. You didn't play Village? No. I didn't I play hate, Village. I, I didn't play any of these games once again. I hate Resident Evil, you know. I thought I could have sworn you streamed Village. No. I think he streamed the first Village. 30 seconds of Village. No, I didn't stream any of Village. That was uh, Tessa okay. that was streaming Village. That was, I, was Tessa. I couldn't remember. I was like, I was like, I, Village I remember was you being like, I'm like, about to stream a Resident Evil game. And then I clicked onto the stream and you were like, nope, we're not doing this. That was Resident Evil 2. And I still oh, okay. to this day don't. Uh, All uh, right. Uh, well, uh, I have some opinions on this one. Okay. Go for it, Ryan. I, I, I think. Deathloop's two main characters were fucking incredible. They had this flair and pizzazz to them that made them over-the-top fucking characters, and they were rad about it. Um, I think Lady Dem was great. She was unique, but I wouldn't say it's the best performance even in that game. I'll be honest. Oh, I um, I, I did. I played that game. Yeah, it was a great game. There's one of these performances, though, that fucking moved me. And a whole game that moved me. 
it, it it goes up there with the Ellie's, the the all the, those great characters, and that'd be Alex's Chen and the performance of Alex Chen by Erica Mori. Life is Strange, True Colors. Okay. I think uh, between all of these, I think there is only one char- one game that lives or dies based on its performance, and that is Life is Strange, True Colors. I think. I don't. I personally do not love when uh, celebrities are in video games. I don't think they, as we saw with Keanu Reeves, it, he even he could not save Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. He tried his best. Well, he. he I think that game is best when he is not in it. Unfortunately, um, I think Deathloop. Uh, I've heard good things about the actors in Deathloop. I think that game can succeed without either of these characters being amazing. Um, I think the gameplay rises above that could could have rise above the, risen above them if their performances weren't great. Um, I think Resident Evil has franchise um, people love the franchise, so whatever. Um, Life is strange. If you do not have that, it is a choice based narrative game. If your main character isn't lovable, isn't someone you in, in identify with, and doesn't manages to make the choices no matter what you choose feel believable that game falls apart and that game did not fall apart that game is highly uh uh everyone everyone i've known that's played it really loves it so i'm i feel like alex chen or erica mori is probably should take this um i'm gonna go with she will because i think i can see the death loop folk getting split um and I think Gian- Giancarlo Esposito is like a little too obvious, and I don't think his I don't think Far Cry Six uses him to the best effect it could. Okay, that's fair. Um, next category we're going to talk about is best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic. Hey, dis- hey, what? I think it is unfair of us to skip best score and music. Well, listen, here's the thing. I'm looking at this, and there's only one clear winner. It's Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Come on. Are you kidding me? Actually, I uh, I feel like one of these, all of these are very good soundtracks. One of these is objectively one of the greatest soundtracks in the history of video games, and it's Near Replicant. I think Near Replicant is on this list solely because the original Near in 2010 did not get its fair due so they found a way to give the near replicant soundtrack the respect it deserves um so unfortunately i think near replicant should take best score in music also once again i like to say cyberpunk 2077 should not be on this list (laughs) neo the world ends with you soundtrack is definitely superior it should be on this list why the fuck is cyberpunk here uh, a punk rock in it? A fucking band was made. Listen, awesome. I don't know. Four or five bands in the World Ends With You, Neo The World Ends With You soundtrack. Like, it is all, like, indie Japanese artists. Cyberpunk it is. It was good music, but Cyberpunk's music was fucking incredible. Was the only good it? part about that game at launch. Oh, yeah, no, I listened to that soundtrack. If you like yeah. punk music, it's good. Know. I don't know about that. Cyberpunk has some good tracks, just... I don't. I didn't love it nearly as much as the world ends, as Neo. The world ends with you. 
Cyberpunk in and of itself is a very forgettable game that I will never pay attention to ever again. I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, but for me, it goes to the Artful Escape. It's a game about music. It has beautiful music in it. Again, just go check out the game. It's literally four hours long. Okay. I'm sure all of these games that aren't called Cyberpunk probably have really good soundtracks that deserve to win this award. And Cyberpunk has an okay soundtrack that is not. Well, that regarding the Galaxy, only problem with me is it's way too much licensed music for me yeah. to be able to be like, yeah, hitting my '80s nostalgia bone. That's so I something don't really care. That's all you that want. annoys me about this award is that it's outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and mm-hmm. or licensed soundtrack. I feel like that's cheating. I also do. I understand I that, like, like, you don't want to have two music awards, but also like, then you're just saying, hey, who has the most money to throw around a bunch of licensed mm-hmm. tracks? So Swear. here's the thing. I, the I think half the licensed track and Guardians flop. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not listening to Some of it. them that should not be power songs. Okay. Like this sometimes when you're going and you go into huddle and you do it and then the wrong song plays and you're like, this doesn't feel action-y. I definitely heard that some of the songs were supposed to be like you messed up the huddle songs, but sometimes they play even when you do it right. So that's... That's I've weird. heard that's that's happened. Anyway, I just wanted to let John have a moment to talk about near replicant because I I it felt wrong to take that from him. Okay. Sorry, I, <laughs> I genuinely wanted to, to say that piece about it. I think. It oh is no, no, that's why I, that's why I brought us back here, John. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm okay I, with it. I I had to say it. I'm okay with it. Okay, I'm okay with it. Um. Now we're on the best art direction. Yes, now we're on the best mm-hmm. art direction. Uh, for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation, we have the Artful Escape, Deathloop, Can of Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And Can I take guys, the lead on this one? I'm going to lock in my answer and say Can of Bridge of Spirits. It's literally a. a, a I don't want to say Pixar movie because that's not the case. I think it's more of a DreamWorks movie brought to life. Well, not brought to life, but brought to consoles. And that's cool. Yeah, it's great that you can copy a style or you can be Psychonauts 2 and be one of the most stunningly unique visual styles I've seen in gaming. Eh. It's all right. I feel like... Psychonauts 2 got so much buzz that there is some point somewhere that it deserves to get its due, due, and I feel like it is here. I feel like the problem with Kena and Ratchet and Clank Rifts Apart is that they're both doing the same thing um, and aiming for a cool art direction that is familiar and exists. We've seen Pixar films, we've seen Wally, that's what Ratchet and Clank is. It looks like Wally. We've seen brave that's what kena bridge of spirits is it's like a brave fantasy cgi movie psychonauts 2 is like let's get weird and if you can't get weird in best art direction where are you gonna get weird um but more importantly also psychonauts 2 was like a super well-received game that everyone was dying to talk about it's an amazing game it's so good um and I don't think any of these other ones. I I think just in the, in terms of art direction, um, and unfortunately, I think our full escape is is good, has a good art direction. I just think Psychonauts two got more exposure than Artful Escape. 
Um, Deathloop, I'm sure is fine. Uh, again, I just think it's Psychonauts too. Cool sixties, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm Psychonauts. Pop. Yeah, yeah, it's got something really cool and unique, but it's also recognizable. While Psy- Psychonauts do, is like imaginative. It was. It was taking some mushrooms and having a good night. Yeah. So I also agree that Psychonauts two will probably win this, and deserves it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, the next category is uh, I just. Best narrative. Best narrative. Gonna, yeah. Where Where are you guys looking at this? Because I'm on the website and they're in the like, uh, four five by five square. Yeah. So it's gonna be the third one on th- on the top. Okay. And we're just no. I just mean back. like because you guys seem to have a list and nope. I'm just like I just none click, of these squares are organized. I just click best narrative. I just keep cl- okay. clicking previous. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no. I, I I open them in a separate tab and then I go back to the original. It just seemed like you guys were counting down a list. And I don't know, they're just like in a square character roster mm-hmm. thing. So, no, we're good. So, best narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. And I'm going to have to go with the game I didn't play this year, which is It Takes Two. I've heard a lot of good things about that narrative. And I'm, th- th- that's my pick. Um,. I again, I've played for all of these. I, I've done the whole thing with them. It takes two is a very heavy-handed story about divorce and love, and it is not nuanced about that shit at all. It is in your face about it. Um, and that's cool. That's cool. But Life is Strange Two Colors takes a lot of issues of world and a lot of issues of grieving and problems and handles it with care and delicately and i think that is what makes for a good narrative i think it wins best narrative that's my take on it okay john uh i'm gonna use the same strategy that i use for guessing best performance i think all of these games uh from what i've heard because i haven't played any of them but they all have good storylines well-written characters and stuff but one of these games lives and dies on a story and all of the others have other aspects of gameplay and design that can carry it with even with the mediocre game or storyline so i think it has to be life is strange true colors i think without the best narrative of these five games that game falls apart and i don't think any of these games uh rise above their or their narrative is the best part of these games i think it is a strong contributing factor but i think life is strange has the the its narrative is the game so i think for that reason it'll win okay cool um the next category we have is best game direction awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design ryan what do you got for me it takes two wow this is a big award. It's an honor to win this award. This is one of those top three awards. And I don't see It Takes Two winning the big one, but this is where I see It Takes Two winning. That game direction is amazing. I may shit on this game a lot because I think it's a little overhyped, but the idea of a pure couch co-op game and the story it's trying to tell is an amazing direction, and it had amazing game direction throughout it. The vision's unique. The vision is clear. And I think that's what it takes for a good game direction. So for me, it wins. Okay. John? I think 
all of these are strong contenders. Um, I think Psychonauts 2 and Deathloop both have a similar thing where they're trying to modernize a, or, or in Deathloop's case, um, streamline a, a more niche genre where Deathloop is trying to make um, immersive sims that can be palatable to like a more mainstream audience that isn't as obsessed about reading every single text log or writing down passwords. I dig that. Not everyone does. Deathloop managed to make that more palatable to people that don't love that stuff. Psychonauts 2 is like, hey, how do we make a Nintendo quality 3D platformer that feels different from Mario game? Like we're not just copying Mario Odyssey. Um, and they managed to do that and make it still feel like Psychonauts, but expanded. Ratchet and Clank is just Ratchet and Clank, the best way they could ever make it. Good for them. Uh, I don't, I think it's the weakest of these because it is a Ratchet and Clank game. Um, I don't think it breaks out of that, but it doesn't I think break it does... the mold in any way, but yeah, it perfected but... the mold. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's still strong in its own right. Uh, Returnal, I think, is really cool because it's Housemark trying to make a AAA arcade action game. And not a lot of people have tried that. Not a lot of people have figured that out. And I think it's admirable that Housemark managed to be like, okay, people don't want to buy our $20 arcade PlayStation Network titles. We need to make a AAA game to be profitable. How can we do that while without breaking out of what we're good at doing, but also make it uh, exciting for people to get into and also add some story elements to it. I think it's strong that they did that. Um, I I do think it has to go to t It Takes Two, though. Um, Joseph Ferris has this crazy idea of, like, making every 10 minutes a new game. Like, like you're, you're using the same characters, the world looks the same, but it's like the game mechanics are entirely different. All right, you just finished that section. The next section is another game we're playing a different video game every 10 to 15 minutes in terms of mechanics um and i think from what i've heard it takes two does that better than any of his other games and i think that is outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design um and i think that it's gotten enough hype that it can rise above the rest of these titles okay um i'm gonna go with ratchet and clank rift apart you guys just trashed the shit out of this game. You essentially I, said... I do think it's cool that it does, like, the portal thing and yeah. loads it in real time. That's really neat. Um, I, I think trashed it's a the good... shit out of a game you forgot yeah. even came out this year. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Which, of course, leads us to Game of the Year. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. We have Deathloop from Arcane Studios. It Takes Two from Hazelight Studios. Metroid Dread. Mercury Steam from Nintendo. Psychonauts 2. Wow, that's crazy. Psychonauts 2 is in this? Psychonauts 2 Double Fine. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay, that's fair. Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Insomniac Games, and Resident Evil Village, Capcom. John. 
Who do you think is the game of the year? Vote with your this heart, John. So hard. Heart, John. You know what my heart is saying. You know what my heart is screaming. I'm trying because part of this is that like our predictions. We want to guess like what the mainstream audience, what the the types of the games journalists that go to the game awards that hang out with Keeley, that that pat Hideo Kojima on the back every time he makes a tweet about a TV show. But I can't think of which one of these games rises above the rest. And that's not a strong, an, strong year. That's just, not an insult to any of these titles. Um, that's just, this is, like you just said, this is a strong year. All of these games do entirely different things. And I don't think any of them get anything wrong in what they're attempting to do. Like, um, I think if I could weed out one of them, I think, I guess, Resident Evil Village is a really, really, really good Resident Evil game, but I don't think it stands out as anything but, like, yep, they, they, Resident Evil 7 was good, Resident Evil 8 still good. Um, this was mediocre, from what I've heard. Interesting. I've, I've heard people really, really like it, but I haven't heard anyone say that, like, yeah, it's their new favorite. Yeah, I've never heard anyone say it's mid. Yeah. Oh. I, I've heard people say they loved it, and it's, it's not their favorite Resident Evil, but it's also like better than some of the weaker ones. I put um, it right below four. That's exactly where I put it. Yeah. Um, I think Metroid Dread is also kind of there where it is the perfect Metroid game, but it is still very much a 2D Metroid game. Um, I guess the easy answer is people got really excited about Deathloop, but I feel like it's fallen off over the... Like, a couple months since its release. Um, you know what? I don't... I think Metroid Dread deserves to win just because of the, like... I just want Samus to be in more video games. I want people to talk about <laughs> Metroid. I I can't pick one of these as, like, the official, like, this is definitely what the game journalists love above everything else at this point. Like, it was definitely Deathloop for a while, but, like... I think over time that games kind of lowered its discussion. Um, so I'm just going to say uh, it would be cool if Metroid Dread was the winner. It would be cool. I can't like, I can't, I get it. I, I I'm get predicting it. it because I can see any one of these games taking it depending on how people are feeling. Yeah. Except okay. maybe resident evil or maybe no offense, but maybe not Ratchet and clank. Listen, I get it, John. I get it. The question is, does Ryan get it? Ryan, what do you My, think? so again, I've seen each one of these games to completion. They're all amazing in different ways. They all do something epic and amazing. If you're looking for that classic uh, PS2 feeling game, Ratchet and Clank fills that void so well. Um, Psychonauts is an amazing, weird showing of what a platformer can be outside of nintendo's hands it takes two is a unique journey with a very big heart resident evil village is an action game to a t and metroid dread is one of the best 2d games i've ever played just in general but out of all of these there's a few there's one game that did more than i think any one of them and that's death loop it is one of the 
seven only games to ever get a 10 out of 10 from IGN and GameSpot. There's only seven games that ever do that in this industry. And that says a lot about it. It is a an amazing game. It has the best combat I've played all year. The best multiplayer I've played all year. There's so much in that game that's amazing. So to me, it goes to Deathloop. Okay, that's fair. Um, before I give my answer, I want to congratulate Nintendo on bringing back one of the most underutilized characters of all time in Nintendo's roster. And that's saying a lot because they still have Earthbound and they've never fucking brought that game back. My boy Ness is sitting somewhere. Unbelievable. They made a Game Boy game in 2006, never brought, never took it out of Japan, and then they said, we're done. Ness is on somebody's (laughs) shelf. (laughs) Ness is on somebody's shelf. You know how in uh, Super Smash Brothers, they're trophies. Ness, Ness... I don't know why I said that. Ness is right there and sees somebody picking up uh, Samus, and he's like, oh, my God, I'm next. I'm next. I can't wait. But it's never hey, going to happen. Or Crown hey, Trailer at the Game Awards. It's never going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> I wish. I wish. But it's never going to happen. I'm sorry, Ryan. Um, so congrats, N- Nintendo. I'm so glad that Metro Dread was such a success. Capcom. Fucking make other games, man. Why do you got to keep making scary ass games? No, don't introduce werewolves and vampires. They made other games. Monster Hunter Rise was also this year. This is true. That's a Capcom this game. This is true. That's not a scary okay. game. Monster right. Hunter. It's it has monster in the title. It's not scary. They're right. just like big animals. They're not I, like I guess monsters. when I think they of do the mash though. They when I think of mash. when I think of Capcom, I, the thing that comes to my mind is Resident Evil. And it's just like, come on. Mm-hmm. Make, make. It's it's. I think it's been their most critically acclaimed franchise recently. Absolutely, absolutely. Insomniac. You are by far my one of my favorite studios in PlayStation. Studios. I think they're the new Naughty Dog. They might be, John. They might. I be. I think. I I respect Miles Morales and Ratchet and Clank more than. Uncharted 4 and Last of Us Part 2. I don't know about that. Let's not get too crazy. <laughs> Uncharted 4 was a very good game. Very it was a very... Uh, it finished the fight. Oh, wait, it did. It couldn't even do that. Lost Legacy came out and it was a better game. No, John, I'm sorry. Lost Legacy was a better game. Oh, I can't agree with anything you guys are saying. <laughs> it Double is the now, best Uncharted Now, Last of Us 2, though, was a good game. Yes. I stand by that every yes. day of my life. It was a I'm good sorry. game until the Rattlers came in and then ruined the video game. That, that that last chunk of the game was bad. We'll see. We'll see. Um, double fine. Eh, second us too. Eh, I'm okay. I'll take a hard pass. Haze Light Studios. I'm very surprised. Haze Light. That's what I said. You said Hazel, like the nut. No, like I said the... Haze Light. Haze Light. Oh, for some reason it, on my no, end, you it said came a Hazelnut Studios. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I definitely did not Hazel. say Hazelnut. Haze Light Studios. Okay, let me let me. I brought the mic up closer to my mouth. Haze Light Studios. I'm very surprised. You know, just I'm flabbergasted. One day I will play. It takes two. But today's not the day. Arcane Studios. Congratulations on making the same game for the third time in a row and it actually being a success this time. (laughs) 
which is why I'm gonna have to go with Deathloop. Uh, I think Deathloop. Um, I've heard nothing but positive things. Everybody's from any anybody who played the game. Yes, they did show off this game way too much. You know, I'm, too much. I'm gonna have to go with the marketing team on this. Like, bro, cool your jets. Like, I get it, but cool your jets. I think it's though when we went to, when I went to play it, I only saw things from that video. Like the amount of times we saw that game played, in like the first probably five hours of the game. Yeah. Right, Ryan. But here's it's, the thing. It's. It's oh, weird. It's oh, we game. saw it at every event it's that we watched loop. over yeah. and over. The yeah. problem wasn't just that they were they showed the game over and over. They showed mostly the same stuff over and over. I was like, oh, yeah. do you have any other shit to show us for this game? And they were like, uh, no, but there's plenty of stuff in the game. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, wow, there's more than five minutes in this game? And they were like, yeah, we just didn't show it to you because we wanted you to see the same trailer five times in a row, but with different... Text. At every event possible. Yeah. Every yeah. event. Of course. Never so, take me a god E3 week. <laughs> I'm going oh god, never, never again. <laughs> so with that being said, let me read down let me read down. Read what we've uh, pre- uh essentially predicted. And I gotta say, Ryan and John, you guys might be the same person because you guys voted for the literally almost the exact same thing all every time. We have very similar tastes in games. We do. You do. You absolutely do. So, for most anticipated game, Ryan and John picked Elden Ring, you cowards. And I, of course, picked God of War Ragnarok. For best debut indie, Ryan picked Artful Escape. John and I picked Cana Bridge of Spirits. For best multiplayer, John and Ryan picked It Takes Two. I picked Knockout City. For best family, Ryan picked Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, which I also don't think counts. This game should not be on this list because it is just a re-release. So, uh, but Bowser's Fury. No. But Bowser's Fury is not very good kind of co-op. Bowser's Fury Family should have been co-op. just itself. And it it should have. I'd pay $30 for that game. I would also. Um, John picked It Takes Two, and I picked Mario Party Superstars. For best role-playing, Ryan picked Cyberpunk 2077. John picked uh, Monster Hunter Rise, and I picked Tales of Arise. For best I would have picked Neo The World Ends With You if it was there. I'm sorry, John. But it's not. It I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're, you're definitely right. It should have been there instead of Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not claiming it's the best RPG of the year. It's I'm better just saying than it's Cyberpunk. a better RPG than Cyberpunk. So yes. if Cyberpunk's there... Yeah. Neo should be there instead. Yeah. That's all. I agree. I agree. For best action adventure, Ryan picked Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy. John and I picked Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. For best action, Ryan picked Returnal. John and I picked Deathloop. For best indie, we all picked Death Store because that's who it should be. And you know what? I'm going to say it right here. Death Store was robbed. Okay. It should have been in the game of the year category. Screw fucking Double Fine and Psychonauts 2. Nah. No. Screw Capcom and Resident Evil Village. Not that one I could get me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Put fucking Death Store in this category, you cowards. Yeah. Replace the spooky game with the other spooky game that has yes. death in the title. Yes, but also more sco- spooky. You know? So well, I just said more Scooby. <laughs> for it best performance. 
for best performance, Ryan and John picked uh, Erica Mori as Alex Chen, and I picked Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn. For best music score, uh, sorry, for best score and music, Ryan picked Arfil uh, Escape, John picked Near Replicant, and I picked Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. For best art direction, John and Ryan picked Psychonauts 2. I picked Kane of Bridge of Spirits. For best narrative, John and Ryan picked Life is Strange Two Colors. I picked It Takes Two. For best game direction, Ryan and John picked It Takes Two, and I picked Ratchet and Clank Rift, Rift Apart. And for game of the year, Ryan predicted Deathloop. John predicted Metro Dread. And I predicted Deathloop. So we'll see. We got nine days until the Game Awards. Who will be... You know what? I'm going to say it right here. Whoever wins this, and I'm going to type it in the doc just to be make sure I'm true to my word. Whoever wins will receive a free pizza from me. Hopefully. Oh, we got a pizza bag going? I that's hope cool. you like Domino's because that's as much as I can spend. All right? I can dig that. I can accept that. Whoever wins. I, I do love a pizza bet. Gets uh can I Can I add a little thing? Yeah, go for it. Uh, we did not discuss what best fighting game is, and that is for a very simple reason. There is a the, Compared to all of these, there's an objectively correct answer, and that is Guilty Gear Strive. Um, Virtual Fighter Five is a PS3 game that they put on on PS5. They put on modern consoles with poor online. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu, uh, the Hinokami Chronicles is another anime game that does nothing new. Nickelodeon All Star Brawl is a Smash clone that's very cheap. Melty Blood Type Lumina, a a good a good contender, but just objectively weaker than Guilty Gear Strive. Like, uh, Guilty Gear is just such a such a it's got such a strong soundtrack such a strong art style better net code people love it i just think it's funny that best fighting game has objectively a correct answer and it is guilty gear so it doesn't make sense to discuss predict it is just the right game but john what if i told you that i think demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba the hinokami chronicles wins this category how upset would you be Oh, me and John will pop off if <laughs> fucking guilty doesn't win. Yeah, um, I'm already mad at that snub for best score. Yeah, yeah, that's actually something that annoyed <laughs> me. It we should have had Guilty Gear Strive in best score instead of Cyberpunk. Oh, except that one, John. Okay, which leads me to a little segment we like to call plugs. Ryan, where can people find you? People can find me at RyanTheLion3055 on Twitter for whatever the hell I'm up to in this wild world of the internet. And come back to this channel on Thursday to hear me talk about the best thing Netflix has ever put out or Kane. Wow, that's crazy. We were just talking about FS for Family. And funny enough, John, it's weird that you said it, but as soon as you finish your sentence, guess who tweeted out about FS for Family? Ooh. You'll never guess. You'll never was guess. It Bill Burr? No, unfortunately, <laughs> it wasn't. unfortunately, it wasn't. Hold on, you'll never guess. Steve Buscemi. I'm just naming random people because no. I have no idea why I should guess. No. Steve Buscemi. Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima. Like started watching. Hideo Kojima. I do love it. That was. I don't think I survived that one. 
Hideo <laughs> Kojima tweeted out about it. He said, yeah, this is good. So, um, John, where can people find you? You can find me on my Twitter account, at NoisyShark. Uh, I've been playing... Uh, every so often I post about how, wow, Resident Evil 4 is a really good video game because I've been playing it for the first time. Uh, it is like the blueprint for the entire Xbox 360 generation. It's really weird. I'm like, wow, all of these things I've seen in like half of the games that came out on the PS3 360. Oh, um, you... oh it's your first time playing? I did not it's, realize that. It is my first time ever playing Resident Evil 4. I started it in the middle of october for spooky month and i just haven't beaten it yet um because it's a spooky game so i only play it like an hour at a time um i heard it's even better in vr I do uh, hear i'm i'm not touching touching that thing in vr um i just there's a there's a monster that just sounds like you're being stalked by like a nerve with a real bad sinus infection so it's just like it does it uh, does uh, i don't like it i've been playing with headphones so it's like it's even more intense that way um uh, but I'll be playing Xenoblade Chronicles and Bloodborne soon, so you can hear my thoughts about that. Um, okay, might, that's an I'm, interesting too. All right. <laughs> somebody gave me Xenoblade Chronicles for the Switch for free, so I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta play that. Um, and then Elden Ring looks kind of good, so I was like, I might as well try to give Bloodborne another chance. Because um, everyone was like, I was like, do I play Dark Souls 1 or Bloodborne? And they were all like, Bloodborne, so. Bloodborne, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Where can we find you, Ruben? You could find me on Twitter and Instagram at that guy Tuesday. You could also find the channel on YouTube. Listen, we are ninety nine subscribers deep. Okay, we just need that one, just that one to get us a custom URL. So, feel free to subscribe, please. Were you I'm begging you, please? <laughs> this man is begging people. Um, all right, gentlemen, I think that's pretty much covers today's stream. Thank you for joining me as always. Um, we will see you next week with our live reactions to the game awards. Jeff Keeley, just make it a, you see, we did at least an hour and 42, se uh, 42 minutes. Just keep it in a, a nice tight hour 30, you know? Give me four hours, Joe. Oh, get, no. Get rid no. of the pre-show. Get Stop rid of the pre-show. Get rid of all the fluff. We don't need to hear fucking... John, you're the one who came at me about Maroon the pre-show. All in Wonderland last year. <laughs> we don't need to hear Maroon 5 playing a song from a game that we don't know yeah. anything about, okay? Yeah. Just, just give us a nice short. Don't change anything, Jeff. I love the Game Awards. I've been watching them for a decade. You're a monster. They're my favorite part of the year. You're a monster. I could use some fewer commercials. Yes. Love so... them more than Christmas. Oh, oh my God. I can't believe oh. we forgot to talk about the one thing that I've been excited for. G4 is fucking back, guys. Are we excited? Wait, I, have we not talked about that at all? No. I, haven't, I haven't checked it out. I, I keep forgetting. I, we're going to talk about this. whole other episode. We yeah. need to save this. Yeah, we're going to talk about this later next week. Probably. Nice. Next week is a perfect time for that. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs>